of shaken and disturbed. I know you're probably thinking, wait a minute, usually Darren starts the show. But for those of you who are watching from home, I'm sorry, watching from Patreon, we have a very special surprise. Darren is wearing something interesting. Darren, for all of you guys, for everybody watching at home. Why don't you tell them what your first reaction was? Why don't you tell them? Well, good point. We started, we recorded NMR just before this. And you know what? I recorded my reaction, so maybe I include that, uh, you know, as a bonus or something uh, for Patreon. My original reaction was, uh, oh, oh. oh." I I believe you asked if I was okay. Say that again. I think you oh, asked, and I, and I asked if you I if you was okay. okay. Yeah, I was like, is everything okay? Are you going through something? Um, <laughs> did, did somebody harm you? Did somebody hurt you? So, Darren. Are you here under duress? Like, you, you just weren't sure. You weren't sure. Blink if you need help. You know, things of that nature. Right. Um, so, Darren, for everyone watching at home, and I know this is, a vid- this is an audio podcast, and we know you have to have a certain... Um, Patreon subscription to see the video, but I think it's worth it, Darren. Why don't you go ahead and reveal to all the listeners and watchers at home your video? Oh, yeah. Oh, 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 Blazy Susan. It says, yeah. This is a my friend's company, but mm. I think mm. the important thing is, it's like it's so soft, what's... John. It feels like a fur coat. Like, look at me petting my own head. Oh, uh, wait a minute. I I know what's happening here. You know, yeah, you got paid. You got paid a certain amount of money to come on to our very popular true crime show. Obvious, obviously, and hawk Being, the newest, latest trend, a, a saucer, a U.S. A UFO saucer hat. Well, I was going to say because in NMR this week we talked about we UFOs did, abducting us, and so I feel like the hat was just kind of apropos. Part of, that. of it, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, maybe it is. Pa- Part of it. Part of it. <laughs> it was part of it. Yep. No, there, there it is. So there your friend is. owns the company. Didn't hear that before. Interesting. And um, well, I was going to, you know, in all honesty, I was saying before I think we hit record, I was like, I don't hate this. Like, it's kind of a cute look on you. It definitely, it it certainly grows on you. I got a few colors and when I opened it up, it, you know, it's not really my style. Yeah. I'm not really, a, a you know... Yeah. a hat wearer of this sort. And so sure. when, especially the bucket hat, and so when um, right. when Nadine found it, she was in love. She was like, we're keeping one. And she oh. wears it around the house, casually. Like, she's in a meeting. <laughs> okay. She's wearing it. She just puts it on. So okay. she's really right. the arbiter of this look. And right. I am... I'm definitely stealing her okay. look today, but I'm, you know, I don't want you to get distracted. You know, it's, well, we're still doing a case. Yeah. 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 You're yeah. right. All right. Well, yeah. what other colors do you have? You're wearing a black one right now. Well, we have them in LA cause I only kept the black one here. We have pink oh, okay. and we have white, a cream, if you will, maybe gotcha. an eggshell, maybe okay. an eggshell. All right. Yeah. Well, listen, no, there's technically not an advertisement well, or a sponsorship, but well, Darren's got a we bucket are. hat on. And Darren was mentioning before the show started, like every week we should do something visually appealing. Yeah, I just give don't the video have people what they want. Yeah. I do have a Pokemon, uh, a Pikachu hat somewhere. Maybe I wear that next even week. A, even a face paint of some sort. Face John. paint? We all know that. Listen. We all know, for those who are on the Halloween live stream, say, yeah. that you're masterful with your makeup. So. <laughs> A lot of people were surprised at how good my makeup was for that Halloween live stream. I was like, I literally just put white face paint on and sprayed blood all over me. Um, 
listen, speaking not of spraying blood. Not many people blood, can do that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, spe- not necessarily, but we want to mention, if you do want to watch the video version of our show, it can be watched now on Patreon. You can watch us record Become a Sussy Radish today, and you will have access not only to this episode, but two of our previous ones as well, the last two. We just started it. It's been a little extra editing, Darren. I'm going to be honest. It takes a little more okay. time to get the video up and going. But to blur my face out? To oh, blur okay. your face, censor you out, cut all the bad words. Yeah, you do have a lot of those. Yeah. But, um, you know, it's worth it because already we've gotten so much feedback about our video podcast version of the show. I know. Show, people so. have been loving it. We've, yeah. been, we've been reading it on Patreon, so thank you guys for all those comments. Absolutely. Uh, we appreciate it. Should we get yeah. into this week's case? Yeah, let's start off the show. So Darren's got her bucket hat ready to go. She may be abducted at any minute. Um, we, By the way, we did mention a lot of uh, UFO talk on NMR, which is out now, so you can go listen to that. Um, but anyway, let's get into this show, because on July 11th, 1970, a man was enjoying his afternoon by fishing off of the bank of the Yellowstone River in Montana when he made the most disturbing catch of his life. Was it the UFO that they just shot out of the sky? Mm. No. Was it a Blazy was... Susan carp? That's a fish. That's a good. That's Never a good know. point. Didn't realize that. Thank you. He felt a. He did feel a strong tug on his rod and reeled in a waterlogged, decapitated human torso. Now, not to harp on the fact that those that would be a terrible thing. I just want everyone to know that this was not planned because John actually chooses who says what, but. He did manage to stay strong tug on his rod. And so if anyone wants to isolate that and bring it into a meeting, send it to me personally, I will love you forever. So Uh, the fact that you volunteered to say strong tug on his rod, John, I mean, I love you. You know what I mean? You're my best friend. You're my best friend. I'm what is called a broadcasting professional. Oh, is that what you are? I don't see, um, I don't see euphemisms like that. So yeah, that's no, you just, just you. you. It's just you're reading it like Anchorman. I totally Absolutely. get you. Absolutely, yeah. But yes, a horrible thing. Horrible to scenario. Yes, we're up. making light horrible. of a of my own little problem here. But according to the yeah. autopsy report, <laughs> the victim um, was in his twenties and was killed roughly twenty four hours before being discovered. Which I find wow. fascinating that they can like determine that based on you know the condition but of the body had- and stuff like that. Being waterlogged like that, I mean, like, I don't know if that helps, but, like, 24 yeah. hours, I mean, that's quick. That's soon. Yeah. I was not expecting very, that. Very much so. He had been stabbed 27 times. And here's one of the most disturbing details about all of this. His heart was cut completely out of his chest. So oh this God. is not, like, you know, self-defense or even, you know, just a regular run-of-the-mill murder. This was somebody doing something really horrible with the intent to really dehumanize this person for lack of a better term. Police began. This felt, sorry, this felt vindictive. Yeah. This feels yeah. personal. And it's feeling a little, uh, we'll get into it, but it's feeling very like uh, dark and cultish. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, for sure. Well, police began combing through missing persons reports and hoping, excuse me, in hopes of finding someone who basically would meet this description. On the following Monday, he would be identified as 22-year-old James Michael Schlosser. James lived in Roundup, nearly 100 miles away from where his body was found. 
Before leaving work that previous Friday, he had told co-workers that he was planning to take his 1969 Opal Cadet sports car down to Yellowstone Park for a relaxing camping trip. Would Do you, you know what that car is? I know, I know what you an know Opal headlights. is. <laughs> I did. That's I'm funny. Gonna, you remember that. Yeah, look I'm up the look Opal. look it up because it just it sounds like it's a cool car. I remember an Opal, but I don't remember an Opal Cadet. So look that up. But when James didn't arrive at work on Monday, his colleagues became concerned. After calling James's landlord, it was discovered that he had actually never returned home after his drive to Yellowstone. And as a result of this, essentially, a missing persons report was filed. Were you able to find it? I was. And it's like one of those things that would like it looks cool because it's so old now. Yeah, like right. it's tiny. It looks like a little. Yeah. Um, kind of like Thunderbirdie type of car, um, but it's it's cute. Yeah. I don't know how cute it like it would seem like it was probably like of its time. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and his yeah. car was certainly one that caught people's attention. It was a new sports car that was yellow with like black racing stripes down the side. Um, immediately, the sheriff put out an alert for the missing vehicle, and less than one hour later, they received a tip off. So. You know, obviously his body, he was missing. They didn't know where he was. So the the very least, all they could do is sort of find that very kind of standout car. Because, you know, those types and of cars. And it looks like it would be that. Yeah. yeah, and those types of cars weren't really that common, at least not from what I understand in America at the time. I, I claim to be a car person, but not necessarily like historical or antique cars, which I think this one would be at this point. But yeah, I think anything yellow with black racing stripes is going to stand out. It has a Thunderbird Mustang type of vibe, but it's like a yeah. tiny car. So, exactly. But some of the ones I saw had a racing stripe on the side, which always makes it look just cooler. Well, a call was made to report a hit-and-run accident. The missing car was speeding down the wrong side of the road and hit an oncoming truck. I've seen that before, by the uh, way, which is absolutely with just... With your own eyes? Like you mean in person? With my own eyes. <gasps> in person. Where? Wild stuff. Like on the highway, like one time, uh, like in Jersey. I don't remember where I was going, but oh, clearly Jersey. someone was either utterly mm. lost or doing something nefarious. Um, right, right, right. But... Crazy. Well, the truck driver called the police to report the accident, stating there were two male passengers in the Opal Cadet whom he described as, quote unquote, stereotypical California hippies. And I don't know if you've ever seen that Saturday Night Live sketch. It's got um, Bill Hader and Fred Armisen, the Californians, and they're always going to say, yeah. we're taking the two to Down the to 405 the yeah. to the 10. <laughs> I do that to my brothers, like the Californians. Yeah, and I'm like yeah. thinking it's like that. So. <laughs> You know, long hair. You can always tell a typical California. Hair yeah, and especially this time, you know, this time in American history. It was 1970s. Yeah, yeah whatever yeah. it was. Right, exactly. So he attempted to exchange information with the men, but neither of them had a driver's license or any kind of insurance information. Not sure how, that seems almost unheard of today, unless something nefarious was going on or they were underage. Yeah. That seemed probably like it was more common maybe back in 1970, just like, protests of maybe identity i don't know just like right. people being drafted i don't know just maybe that's my oh, own assumption yeah. but so he decided to take down the registration number and give the two a ride to the nearest telephone to call the police because obviously they didn't have any documentation so you can only do so much they pulled into a service station where the truck driver said the two men exited his car and immediately ran into the woods oh okay. a, little, a little sussy a little sussy a little sussy, a little sussy radishes if you will 
It was at this point that the truck driver phoned the police, providing the only information he was able to obtain, the license plate and registration number to James Slosher's missing Opal Cadet. Now, a few hours later, a patrolman noticed two men on foot who matched the description of the suspects from the hit and run, which would make sense because these guys ran into the woods and they did, clearly didn't have a car. So right. the men were spotted outside of town, walking down the road, attempting to hitchhike, total of the time, total California hippie thing to do too. And so that doesn't seem probably that crazy, but obviously these dudes are going to be obviously looking, obvious looking, and they don't have a car. Now, they identified themselves as 22-year-old Stanley Baker and 20-year-old Harry Stroop. Good names. Stroop. Stroop, I'll take it. Stroop Both waffles. Men. I love a Stroop, Stroop waffle. I love a Stroop waffle. Get out of here. I love a Stroop waffle. Uh, <laughs> Get out of here. Just, just stop right now. Well... Both men were from Sheridan, Wyoming, and said they had been traveling and hitchhiking together since early June. You know what it is? It's the it's the like the um, the depth of yeah. the stroop waffle. Oh, we're it's back to like the stroop waffle. Oh, okay. sorry, sorry. No, we're no, back. It's fine. No, I'm just saying it's like it's for nice me, and it's thin. A- it's, for me, it's more like the texture. It's a little chewy, yeah, yeah. but nothing it's, crazy. But nothing it's not, crazy. Got a little caramel. Gonna, it's got a little caramel. Yeah. It's not gonna like crunch and like cr- break crumbs all over no, your. No, it's like soft. It's, it's like a soft. York peppermint patty where you're getting a lot of different things. It all wants you to. Into it one. wants you to get on with your day. You know what I mean? It's it, not a it nature. It really does. Bar. It's not gonna. And stop it's not really gonna crumbs. Right. It's well, not gonna crumb. That's the thing. That's what I'm saying. Right. It's just it's self-contained. Anyway. We digress. Moving on. Right. Yes. Uh, So again, both men were from Sheridan, Wyoming. They'd been traveling and hitchhiking together since early June for a while. Stanley eagerly admitted that they were the men in the Opal Cadet earlier that day, which resulted in them immediately being arrested. Okay. Eagerly admitted says something to me. And after being arrested, both men were searched. And in Stanley's pocket. Mm. Okay. In Stanley's pocket were several fragments of bone. And here's the thing, okay? When the officer asked about the fragments, Stanley replied, they ain't chicken bones. They're human fingers. Well, of course. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. We're getting I into mean, human to some fingers. Extent, glad he didn't lie to the police because that could even get him into more trouble. So at least he's like, as of what we know right now, he's admitting to the car and he's admitting to having not chicken bones, yeah. but human yeah. fingers. Yeah. Inside. I will say I almost uh, ordered chicken wings the other day. Because it was a Super Bowl, I'm glad I didn't. Because this would have come up, and I probably would have gotten sick. True. So definitely, yeah, definitely. So along with the alleged human fingers, officers also found a recipe for LSD and a copy of Anton LaVey's Satanic Bible. So here we go. What, Everything brings back to the start when they talked about the heart. Uh, like I know. Yeah, one know. person reading this Satan's Satan's prose, and you got a killer on your hands. Exactly. On the way to the station, Stanley couldn't help himself but to keep talking. He told officers about his overwhelming compulsion to eat human flesh, saying that it all began after he received electric shock therapy as a teenager. Now, wow. I don't know about you, and I don't know about what exactly this is about, but when I hear electric shock therapy, I'm hearing anti-gay. I'm hearing... Uh, you know, shock the gay out of people, which is something that was a a, a real therapy in a lot of states. Not sure if it's if it connects here, but um, it it is a real. No, I actually thought I thought um, I when I say no, I'm not disavowing what you're saying. I never went there in my mind. I always thought like when I think about that, I think about a uh, one flew over the cuckoo's nest, and I just (laughs) think about how people 
would try and rewire people's brains like that. Totally right that it was used. It's interesting sometimes how what gay men will go to and what gay women will go I to. Know, because right? I do yeah. think it's a lot easier for women to probably hid their homosexuality than sure. men sometimes. Oh, yeah, for um, sure. So maybe there's just more of like a cultural... yeah signal to you for yeah, that right. because I'm certainly not denying that happened but yeah I think about um, one flew yeah. over the cuckoo's nest a lot yeah. with that yeah. yeah, and speaking of, how are you doing with your uh, hat so far? Let's do a, ch- a mid-episode check-in. Well, hat the electrical currents in it um, aren't changing my gayness, that's true so that's oh, okay. still staying that's still that's gay still gay after all these years, I know yeah. breathe, a sigh, breathe a sigh of relief people uh, still it's still gay soft after all these years it's still gay after all these years. Still yeah, soft, soft, and you it's know doing it's what on it needs its. To do. it's Are you doing hot? Right. It's got the assignment. Yeah. yeah, I feel perfectly comfortable. Okay. All right, yeah. all right. Well, let's okay. get back. We're back with back over here with these two. As time went on, he started boasting about how he had killed James. He and Harry had hitched a ride into Big Timber Friday evening, where they split up. Stanley had met James, who offered to let him accompany him to Yellowstone. And when the pair arrived, however, they were turned away because campsites were full. Right. You probably need to reserve a space. You can't just show up to a, you know, especially Yellowstone, I would imagine. They don't have just. Assuming so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Instead, they decided to set up camp near the river, just north of the campground. Um, The two unpacked and settled down for the night. According to Stanley, who was under the influence of LSD by the time the campsite was set up, it started to storm shortly after the guys had unpacked. As the thunder and lightning began to pick up, Stanley started hallucinating that he was speaking with the devil. Now, Darren. Oh, Lord. I'm already terrified. Thinking about it raining in the woods, like, or like at a campground, like all the bugs seek to be dry. And so that's under my tent. Yeah. I just can't. I just. No. I'm just gonna <laughs> right. I'm just gonna say no to this one. I'm just gonna say no to this one. Pass. All right. That's right. a pass. That's a pass. You're not a camper, it sounds like. Gotcha. Well I mean, uh, when it's not oh. raining and I'm I'm not gonna do there LSD, no I would like to be a little bit coherent. Yeah, if, You're like, like a if it's not ra- sealed cave. <laughs> You're like if it's not raining and it's in my apartment, I will go camping. You know? I will I will happy to. I'll be happy yeah. to. Go. Okay. Fine. All right. All right. Well, after James fell asleep, Stanley crawled over and shot his friend several times in the head with his 22 caliber pistol. He then stabbed him repeatedly before removing his heart. Are you ready for this? And apparently eating it raw. Now, this is all from the research we have. It's hard to say exactly if this actually happened. Very disturbing. Maybe one of the most disturbing things I think I've ever talked about on a podcast. But that is what the inf- that is the information that we have. So after mutilating and decapitating the body, James's remains were thrown into that river, and Stanley took off in the Opal Cadet to pick up Harry. Stanley insisted that Harry had nothing to do with the murder. However, investigators noted a few holes in his story. Well, there's a lot to say because, like. You know, James is sleeping. He's not on drugs, which would probably make it for, like, more of a comatose type of situation. Stanley's crawling over to shoot his friend several times in the head. Like, I don't know. Like, wouldn't that make a noise? Wouldn't people kind of come over? I guess you could have shot him and, you know, James could have just died instantly, of course. But, like, it almost seems too perfect. He's mutilating and decapitating a body. That's not easy to do. No. Um, and, you know, I'm just visualizing Yellowstone because they couldn't remember 
<clears throat> excuse me, they couldn't get a campsite. campsite. So they went right. somewhere else where maybe there aren't as many people. I don't know about you, but if I'm camping and I'm in Yellowstone National Park, if I hear a gun go off, I'm probably not as spooked as I would say in the middle of New York City where like yeah. it's a little more uncommon. You know what I mean? So I don't know. Maybe that's why the UFOs go out there. Maybe that's why. They're like literally good out here. Literally. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, for starters, James was a rather large man. Some doubt um, has placed we on whether or not Stanley could have killed James, butchered right. his body, and moved the remains all alone. If he's a do, if he's a large guy, yes, he could have woken up and killed him for sure. But dra decapitating that by himself, right. dragging all of that to the water, that would be pretty intense to do. Let alone pretty intense to do while you're on LSD. Sure. So. Furthermore, a park ranger working the gate at the Yellowstone campground said they remembered three people in the Opal Cadet when the car was turned away. When the car hmm. turned away, but aside from that, police were able to corroborate Stanley's story. They located the campsite and verified the rest of Stanley's details, which certainly checked out. Okay, so everything seems to kind of be matching up here. The yeah. ground around the campsite was indeed spattered with blood. Uh -huh. Nearby, a blood-soaked knife was discovered, along with several of James's missing body parts, such as his ear and Ugh, fingers. Hate that. So, remember, they weren't chicken bones; they were mm -hmm, fingers. Mm -hmm. Police had little doubt that Stanley was responsible for James's murder. It seems like an open and shut case. And when sure. asked why he decided to kill James, Stanley claimed to have been recruited by an elite satanic cult while living on his college campus in Wyoming. I mean, what a great excuse! Right. Like if you're like John, if I'm like I can't yeah. make the podcast today, and you're like why? And I'm like I was recruited by an elite satanic cult in <laughs> my college campus in can't Pennsylvania. Make it. Yeah. Right. What would you What would you say to that? You can't deny me. You'd be like, yeah, that tracks. Uh, yeah, I'd say that that sounds like Darren. That sounds like Darren. You can't yeah. really not prove that. You know, like That's you can't true. prove I wasn't there or getting recruited. Well, there's the a lot we can't prove called, about you. There's a lot we can't prove about. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. I remained a mystery. The group was called Four <laughs> Pie Movement. Allegedly, they would recruit members to kill people as human sacrifices. Mm. Why do that? But, okay. <laughs> right. Good question. You know, right. That's Stanley the, yeah. went on to, well, why recruit people to kill other people? Just kill the people. Right. If you're going to do it, why are you recruiting teams of people? Right. To do it. More people that know about it are going to, it just doesn't seem logical. Mm -hmm, but, mm -hmm. you know, I digress. Sounds Stanley like you've thought about this, by the way, but keep going. Well, in the initiation, we talked about that. I had questions before I <laughs> right. got fully indoctrinated. But mm. Stanley went on to claim that James had not been his first killing. He admitted to a previously hmm. unsolved murder, murder, which had previously been suspected to be the work of the Zodiac Killer. Oh, interesting. Okay, but there's plenty of people that probably be taking credit for these things and doesn't right. say anything. On April 20th of the same year, a 40-year-old lighting designer named Robert Salem was found dead in his apartment. Just like James, he had been stabbed 27 times and signs of attempted decapitation were present, Ugh. although not successful here. Ugh. Again, that has to be kind of hard. Well, and His like, I'm just, sorry, not to be like gross, no, but it's like signs of decapitation sounds to me like there was an attempt to obviously decapitate. And like, what is the imagery of like what the body would look like at? is just so unsettling. I'm never going to be able to forget this episode. I'm just telling you now. I'll think about it a lot. And trigger warning, like I would imagine that it was unsuccessful maybe because he got tired or it felt pointless. Whatever, but also right. like he might have hit something that he couldn't I saw know. through. Yeah. So just, there's Ugh. a lot going on there. Yeah, for sure. Well, 
Anyway, Robert's uh, left ear had been cut off and removed from the scene. Okay, so this is kind of similar to James. And in Robert's blood, uh, Robert's blood, there were phrases written such as Satan saves and Zodiac uh, were painted oh on the wall using his blood, which is very Manson. Yeah, I was going to say, A lot of these are taken in from Manson in the late 60s, so. Manson vibes, for sure. The nature of the crime and the lack of progress made by investigators got the public thinking, which is always a problem. We don't want a thinking right. public. We don't want an educated public, obviously. <laughs> that, Keep them in the dark. Keep yep. them in the dark. Was it a copycat killer? The real Zodiac, right. an unknown Manson follower? The answer wouldn't come until Stanley was taken into custody nearly three months after that first murder. So all of these things that John and I are posing as we're sort of reading this, going down the list, yeah. are just things that anyone living during that time are going to say. Yep. Well, Stanley said that both murders had been orders from the cult leader, which he called Master Chingon. After his arrest and confessions, Stanley, I can't. what's funny? What? Chingon? You, you're such a perfect, yeah, you're a professional. You got through it. You didn't even <laughs> make a make a motion. And then you looked at me and then you had to crack a little. I know, like, I did. I couldn't, I couldn't not. Like, thank God you're reading this. Just thank God Listen, for you. I'm just trying to, you know, get the information out to our listeners in the most professional and succinct way possible. Of course. I don't know if there's anything wrong with that, Derek. Absolutely. Um, but nonetheless, Master Chingon, which sounds like Klingon from Star Trek, I'll be honest, which may be why Darren's but giggling. Um, but after his arrest and confessions, Stanley was held in a psychiat- psychiatric, psychiatric oh. hospital. He was, held, <laughs> he was held at a psychiatric hospital for evaluation where he was actually deemed fit to stand trial, which is kind of surprising because, I mean, I'm obviously not a professional. I'm not a psychologist, but I do feel like there's a lot of psychiatric problems going on on just the details that we have here on the show. That's not even everything that we know probably out there in the world. So right. I don't know. I found that kind of surprising. Harry Stroop stood trial for the crime of manslaughter to which he pleaded not guilty. During Harry's trial, Stanley was asked to take the stand and he managed to make quite a spectacle. While on the stand, he went into a rant about how he was responsible for Jimi Hendrix's death, Darren. Oh, Lord. And you know what's funny is I thought about Jimi Hendrix because of the 27 times that they were being stabbed, these victims. Mm, and like 27, the 27, 27 Club. Yeah, exactly. That's a good point. He good claimed point. that the rock star's de- untimely death was the result of a long-term hex placed on him by Stanley. So now we're getting into witchcraft and... The Satanism, like we talked about at the beginning of the episode. Sure. Yeah, it's a lot going a on. A long-term hex has got to be tough. It's got to be what? It's like yeah. a long-term hex. It's like, yeah. it's just it's just got to be hard. It's got to be tough for anybody. Yeah. yeah. Well, to the dismay of the jury, he went into great detail about killing and eating James and even proclaimed himself to be Jesus and telling them that Harry was innocent. When asked about the murder of Robert Salem, Stanley actually pled the fifth. Harry Stroop was found guilty of manslaughter on Thanksgiving Day 1970, but he would only serve two years before being released, although he later served more time for unrelated drug crimes. Um, I kind of wonder what the evidence was to find him guilty I know. of manslaughter, but I beyond know. a reasonable doubt, because while it's probably easy to believe that he was there, like, maybe it's because, you know, they saw three people going in. And so, you know, Stanley's just trying to take the heat off of Harry. And so yeah. there's a lot of those things beyond a reasonable doubt. I mean, no evidence necessarily puts him there. 
outside yeah. of the fact that he was in the stolen car when the cops absolutely. And then Stanley was uh, given a life sentence. So that's kind of yeah, how these trials unfolded. Well, during his time in prison, his talks of the satanic cult did not cease. I imagine, uh, you know, that's going to only increase maybe. Yeah, especially when you're just surrounded in an echo chamber without right. any other thoughts coming into your mind other than what you're bringing, you know, your own brain is giving you. Right, uh, Right, and it's not like they have the best mental health services no. in these prisons either that are kind especially of right, at that to time, your point. Right. Well, he'd allegedly try to recruit other inmates to join his quote-unquote coven, is that, if that's what we're calling it, and often have right. violent outbursts, which guards began associating with the full moon. Okay, so this is just <laughs> like conspiracy theory abound here. Right. It's unknown whether these claims are legitimate, as we are kind of questioning here too, or the result of rumors and urban legend kind of surrounding the case. It all seems a little too neat for me to think that this is actually real, but right. that's just my opinion. Over time, Stanley's mental state did drastically improve as he began regaining touch with began regaining touch with reality and coming out of his drug-induced psychosis. Mm -hmm. Now, towards the end of his day, he seemed a changed man, insisting that his crimes were never because of Satan-worshipping but rather excessive drug use. Okay. Oh, okay. okay We're finally so coming back to reality a little bit here, are we? Something logical that I can get on board with. <laughs> now, after right. six after 16 years, Stanley was deemed rehabilitated and released what? on parole in 1989. Oh, boy. And Stanley was, I feel like this would never happen these days, but Stanley no. was ready to be functioning... He was ready to be a functioning member of society and began working as a salesman at a sporting goods store in Montana where he found a decent amount of success. John, you look skeptical here. I'm just thinking Montana UFOs again. Um, oh, no, oh, not necessarily go. skeptical, but listen, we've talked a lot about we've talked a lot about things like this on the show, right? Where people serve their time. They come out and they should be productive members of society again. They have a right to that, actually. But when you have done the types of things that this man has done and has been connected to, I that scares the living daylights out of me because it's a it's so insidious and so monstrous. Like there are, you know, like listen, there are crimes of passion. There are murders of passion. Sure. I'm not saying I agree with them. I'm just saying you can understand the human mind a little bit in those moments. Even if you sure. don't agree with them, of course you don't. But like this is like a whole other level of just disturbing, inhumane, like animalistic behavior that you like you really only hear from like Dracula books. You know what I mean? Like shit like yeah. that. It's just I don't like that he just went out and started living his life again. Because imagine what the families got, had gone through with these victims. Well, here's you know? the thing. Okay, so he's kind of living, to your point, yes, reintegrated into society, mm -hmm. rehabilitated, as they say. He works at a sporting goods store in Montana. He finds a decent amount of success. But the popular TV show, A Current Affair, ambushed him and exposed him to the public in 1991, resulting in an overwhelming amount of hate and public backlash. And this was even before social media. Yeah. He lost his job and was forced to move states one final time. Stanley Baker died in July of 1994 of liver cancer while living alone in Minnesota. Yeah. It, a I current mean, affair. Damn. I remember current affair. That was like, I remember that when I was a really young kid. But, he, but yeah, here's the thing. If he is rehabilitated, Okay, mm -hmm. like, 
let's just let's just take it at face value, right? What you're telling me to do with this uh, alien doc that we were talking about in NMR. Like, <laughs> if you're like, just believe what's in front of you. Just pre- even if you're just pretending, right? For argument's yeah. sake. Let's believe that he was rehabilitated. I'd say yeah. it was all drug and do shit. He's not really like that and reintegrated into society. Yeah. I don't know how I feel about a TV show ambushing him and exposing well, that's him to true. the public and giving him so much so that he loses his job and then is therefore probably going to go back to drug use and be right, right. a murderer. Like, are we creating criminals with that? Because that doesn't well, feel right either to me. Well, no. And let's not forget the 90s and media, they, you know, American media in the 90s definitely didn't have a reputation. Britney Spears, how that started. Yeah, Britney Spears is another one. And like you think about like the O.J. Simpson trial and like the media obsession with crime and and this type of stuff. I mean, listen, we, we evolve as a society and at a time, you know, we might not get to where we are today if we didn't learn from those mistakes. But you're right. I mean, it's just... All of this is very uncomfortable, and it's it's it too bad he had cancer, icky. but, like, yeah, it's it's a bit much. It's a bit much. It feels icky. Let us know what you guys think. At Carpe Darren, at Jay Thrasher, uh, Shaken and Disturb podcast fan yeah. group, as well as our Patreon. We love reading comments from there. In fact, we try to I only have read listener feedbacks from Patreon. John, take away the first one. Absolutely. Stephanie on Patreon said, so great to see you both. In response to our video podcast, we've got two. By the time you're listening to this episode, we've got three of them up and running. Um, let us know what you guys think about them, by the way. Head over to our comment section. Let, let us know that you're watching them. You know, we'd love to just know. Yeah, we always, yeah, Roxanne on Patreon also liked the video, John, saying, love, love this. It is great to see you both at the same time as I enjoy <laughs> listening to the episode. It's always fun to put faces to voices and, like, see people talk because, like, I've listened to people on radio for years, and then you see their picture, and I'm like, that voice does not come out of that person. Like, I like you that... convince yourself so much in your mind of what they look like. Now, granted, Roxana and Stephanie, I don't know how pleased you're going to feel this week, given the circumstances surrounding. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's you true. Know, John doesn't even know how he feels yet. We I'm don't not even sure know if we're going to have an episode next week. We're not sure. <laughs> yeah, I don't right. know. I, I think it's a cute look on you. I think you you wear it out, see what people say. Not that you need to uh, be anyone else's approval, but, you know. I'm obviously have to get you one. I obviously have to get yes, you Yes, I was That's thinking clear. send me the pink one. I would wear the pink one. Um, oh. Well, you can see our pearly whites and our bucket hats on Patreon if you would like to. You can join for as little as $5 a month. And it helps support the show and keep it running. You can get it even cheaper, actually, if you sign up annually. You can be a friend, a best friend, a radish, or... If you're watching us right now, a sussy radish. Oh, sussy radish. So sussy. Yeah. This whole episode was sussy, by the way. We're like the Kool-Aid man. Like, (laughs) oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Ooh, that's a good one, John. Thank you. you My voice is struggling today, I'll be honest, but thank you. You're doing a great job, sweetie. You're doing a great job. Thank you, Chris Jenner. Your patronage helps us keep our show up and running across the board, so thank you. No matter how much you've contributed, we really thank you. All links for Patreon can be found in our show notes or patreon.com slash shaken and disturbed, all one word. Absolutely, and of course, we got to thank our lovely producer-researcher, Megan, for helping make this episode possible this week. 
One, two, three. Thanks, Megan. Thanks, Megan. We love you. We love you all. And we'll literally see you guys next week. And you'll see us. Hopefully, John will bring the heat next week in his outfit. I'll find something. Uh, I'll find something. For another episode of Shaken and Disturbed. Have a great week, everyone. Bye. Bye.